Welcome back, brothers and sisters, as we continue our journey through the book of John. Today we'll be looking at John chapter 1, verse 22 to 23. So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. The Baptist stood at the crossing roads of the old to the new. He was a witness of what was to come. The temple was being abused by self-righteous leaders whose only concern was power and prestige. We see the different sects coming about led by the Pharisees, whose role was maintaining the past and accumulating wealth and position was their only concern. Followed by the Sadducees, whose were who were considered rationalists and cold-hearted, portrayed by their intellect. Seducism is a reaction against Phariseeism in every age. Rationalism is a dry, critical, antagonistic spirit that protests against all that cannot be proved their religion of the intellect. Then there are the Essenes, who bore neither formalism nor skepticism, mystics who went into the wilderness to find God in contemplation. Their creed, God must be felt. Their religion, one of feeling, and the Herodians whose concern was more based within the political framework, which turned aside from religious questions to those concerned man's social and political existence. John did not belong to any of these sects, and his position was geared towards the new covenant anchored in Jesus Christ. How could he belong to those whose life was drawn away in litanies and genuflections with his impatience of all that was unreal and his iron earnestness? Nor does he associate himself with the seducee negations satisfied with their cold intellectualism and protests against superstition. Nor could he waste his life away with the Essenes. As for the Herodians, indeed, for one whose life was so real, a patriot's life offered what was wanted. Nevertheless, John yearned not for the civil liberty, but a kingdom of God. And he loved humanity more than men and could find no career in mere politics. It is only a consideration of such circumstances that John's peculiar life became intelligible. He was called in preparation for the one who would reveal the new beginning. He had 30 years preparation dedicated to one year's work. In his book, Joseph S. Excel, the Bible illustrator, St. John, Volume 1, writes, In the wilderness, he measured society's worth with the conventionality and parties. No one sees how the battle goes while he's in it. No one ever understood the world except by getting out of it. The Spirit of God passed into life and action in him. It made him intensely real. Only real men could deal 
with real questions. And the fundamental question of today was not the frivolous ones discussed in religious journals, but what is God and where is God? What is human life? Whither are we tending? John's role was to debate for Christ, and he called himself a voice, an articulate expression. Four centuries passed, and no one could speak the word repent if the kingdom of God was to come. Regenerated society comes not from the regenerated institutions, but regenerated hearts will produce both. Nevertheless, none till John had found the tongue to express this. He spoke what the world wanted, distinguished between eloquence and fluency. Fluency John had not, short, sharp, and decisive words were his. No ornament or trick of ority there. Let us not covet fluency or eloquence. Let's seek eloquence within the gift of speaking the right thing in the right way at the right time. John makes it clear who he is and directly refers to what the questioner asked. He answered in the manner that was about without any contention. He says, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Hence, this is precisely what Isaiah prophesied when John accentuated it. He knew that the divine visitation was near. As Isaiah made known for what was to come, John's reply did the same. He made it clear that he was making way for the Lord. He was to comfort all those and confront them, especially the pits of vipers, whose selfish contention of being the rule and basis of spiritual righteousness was embedded within their own reasoning, was to be torn down and rebuilt in three days. Was Christ a surprise to the world? It was an expectation, not according to what they had presumed. As Isaiah revealed, God prepares the world for this by the ministry of the Baptist. The world was now become accustomed to the story of redemption. However, these Jewish leaders wondered if their roles would cease to exist or if the new king would remove them all. There is definite apprehension, as with redemption comes judgment. How much they lacked in knowledge of the sole purpose of the coming king. The Baptist was the messenger and his role was fixed. He did not hold any authority or elected position in the scheme of things. What exactly were the Jews hoping to uncover? Were they hoping to verify the prophecy by confronting the messenger? Ironically, it is the very message of the Baptist that reveals the truth. As Christians today, whether we preach, evangelize, teach, or our simple lives, we are a mirror to the personified to personify the glory of God. 
Our life is grounded in Scripture. And when we read Scripture, God speaks. And it is that essence of His Word we are called to follow. His Word reveals the boundaries we live by, not to restrict us, but to free us with the conscious knowledge that we are in safe and comforted. We cannot redefine these boundaries to fit our needs or desires. Simple decisions to set aside always leads to a further demarcation of our boundaries, which ultimately leaves alone without leaves us alone without any safeguards. We hear but never listen. We read but never understand. We act without accountability. As the Baptist was the voice in the desert, that echo continues to ring clear today. The role of John the Baptist continues to scream loud and clear today. His role continues to remind us that we are to take heed and repent and change our lives. It is slow, it is a slow process, but we have the Holy Spirit to carry us through. That is the nature of our faith, to realize that we are and have been able to do what is right in the eyes of God by putting our faith and trust in God Himself. God gives us a new beginning and washes away all our sins by paying the ultimate price for our sins on the cross. But He then sends the Holy Spirit to embrace His divine love, become enriched and be able to express that divine love through others. God dwells in us. How can we fail? The first step is to heed that cry in the desert. And the second is to turn to it. And turning to it turns to our Lord God in heaven. Thank you, brothers and sisters. And God bless.